This is Unanimous Indecision. I'm Joshua Troop, and it is the best day of the week because it's Saturday, and we are talking the bad, the sad batch, the bad batch. WandaVision, wait now. WandaVision. Yeah, we can go back to talking about WandaVision. Uh, the, the bad batch, episode three, came out yesterday. Uh, and we're going to be talking about it. But before we jump into that, I just want to remind everyone where you can find us. It's on at, We put this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts are sold for free. We also do it live on twitch.tv slash unanimous indecision where you can join the conversation in the chat and we can share our thoughts and theories and comment on yours maybe. Um, but uh, we also do two shows. There's this one every Saturday. We talk about the Bad Batch noon Eastern time on Twitch. And then on Wednesdays, we do a movie review and movie news of the past week uh, at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Although this week, I think we're probably going to move it. We haven't figured out a time just yet. So uh, stay tuned. Keep your eyes peeled. Um, and we will be probably moving it, I think, this week. I, don't, I haven't decided yet. Um, but uh, this week's movie reviews are Rumble, that animated WWE movie with like all those monsters. That seems like it's definitely for children, but we're going to be reviewing it anyways. <laughs> um, it's fine. Uh, and the I believe it's a Netflix movie, The Woman in the Window. Do you know what I also just learned? Um, I think Army of the Dead went to theaters. Which is not a common thing for a Netflix movie to do. And so I might get around to seeing it. We still won't review Army of the Dead till next week because I know most people won't get around to seeing it till it gets released on Netflix. Um, so we'll we'll wait for then. But uh I'm excited. I was like, ooh, I can go to theaters and go go see a fun zombie movie. Did you see I'm trying to find out when this released? Yesterday, actually. Uh those who wish me dead i've seen a lot of trailers for it i don't okay. and the none of the trailers have told me anything it's about gotcha I it's just, just like it. running angelina right. jolie child right. running uh apparently john bernthal's in it cool i'll ch i'm sure i'll check it out eventually but well, now just, you've got to it, i feel like it was a poorly advertised movie and i don't know anyone who was just like screaming for it i just saw an ad for it on youtube and i was like when is this coming out so. yeah no that's what i'm saying like i only saw ads in like this past week and then it just dropped and then yep and i was like i've literally never heard of this movie before but uh so we're gonna jump into the bad batch though uh episode three now ian our only previous discussion about this episode was you said like one word to me in text and I don't even remember what the word was, but <laughs> I, I was like, I don't either. It was just like oh boy or something. Like Yeah, actually <laughs> Oh man, what an episode or something. Yeah. So so what were your thoughts on this episode? Oh, just just a heads up before we get into it. I want to remind everyone that we spoil stuff on this show. This is the kind of conversation that you have at the water cooler at work or the lunch table if you're still in school or wherever you discuss movies with friends and family because it's just fun to do. So we spoil stuff. We talk about the these films and these TV shows in their fullest form. So go ahead, Ian. What'd you think of it? Um I liked the parts that were on Camino. Hundred percent. 
Shake your hand. <laughs> uh, the rest of it, I don't know where they landed, where, where the Sad Batch landed. Um, I also liked the Onderon stuff. I thought that was okay. I thought that stuff was, was good. J- j- basically, oh, uh, just went, the stuff that the didn't Sagrera follow camp. our main characters. Yeah, where they went back to the Sagrera's camp, and yeah. was like, good soldiers, follow orders. Follow orders. Yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, no, that was good. Uh, yeah, that that whole storyline of this episode, I really enjoyed. And then, so about that scene, actually, <laughs> I guess we'll just kind of jump right in. No, we'll talk about. Yeah, uh, the rest of the scene following the the Bad Batch was okay. Um, <laughs> your two favorite characters had a little bit more more growth this episode, Wrecker and Omega. Uh, but like Wreckers didn't like. I don't understand where Wreckers like came from. Right? He was like, "I'm sorry, I almost ate the food that you should be <laughs> eating. I'm going to build your your own room." <laughs> right and it was like that that was my problem with like because I, I was okay with like the story that like we were telling between hunter and omega right um and like that was a good story it was a sweet story um it was very reminiscent of a lot of mandalorian episodes my only problem is like echo tech and wrecker are just there this is a story they're so meaningless family just finding out how they work but it's not even and, a non-traditional family. It's literally just about Hunter and Omega, which I'm okay with because Hunter's my favorite of the four dudes there. <laughs> so, so if we're just going to focus on Hunter, I'm all for it. But it was just like it's very weird because like they they try to pretend this show is about the whole group, and the the other three characters did nothing in this episode. I will say, and this is, I don't know if you appreciate this more because you're not necessarily the biggest fan of their interactions, or or rather you were saying they don't act like they're they like they have nothing in common. This episode kind of showed that because their interactions with with Tech and Echo outside the ship trying to repair it. Yeah, like Echo was like Tech, get over here. Tech's like I'm busy. Like whatever. I don't know. There, it wasn't much, but it just it seemed like there was minute details where. They're not as chummy as they were, or maybe they just stress was high. Who knows? I mean, I think Tech and Echo always have like this kind of weird thing because yeah, well, because Tech is the Tech guy (laughs) and is the Tech human, so to speak, and then the others the the human droid. So, (laughs) so there's a lot of crossover between the two of them. I feel like, um, I did think it was very, um. Forced or something that that Omega found Crosshair's weapon locker. They were like, "Hey, we need we need to find a new capacitor or whatever." Yeah. And Omega's like, the first thing she finds, oh, is it in here? And they're just like, too soon. soon." (laughs) And then I mean, I don't know. I think it was fine. I mean, maybe. I I did think it was interesting that they weren't upset that Crosshair seemed to betray them. It was more that they left him behind they left their man behind yeah it's interesting um they it's like <laughs> i don't know i mean i like i guess i guess that is kind of the idea because I'm, I'm trying to they, think about they, they, like they, they failed him or something i'm trying to think like winter soldier level because like in terms of brainwashing and whatnot and and it's like i guess steve does forgive bucky pretty early but and, and I guess the thing that makes that so interesting is that even though Steve forgives him, he hasn't forgiven himself. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. Cause it's like, 
I don't know. It's tough to say because because Bucky is absolutely right. I mean, it doesn't matter whether he was brainwashed or not. He's the one that pulled the triggers, you know. Um, and so it's like it's it's still like, yeah, it's not his fault, but it is his fault. You know, like it's both like, well, well um, yes, but actually no, but well, no, but actually yes. Right. Yeah. You got some penance to pay. Right. Which he did. Yeah. He, right. hundred percent. We saw him awkwardly smile. 100%. We saw him. And, and so I'm just curious <laughs> how like crosshair is going to go down that path. Maybe, maybe not. Um, yeah. Um, it very much seems like they're going to try to save crosshair and whatever that, well, I guess tech is now creating a way to analyze the chips. So maybe he'll then be able to remove the chips uh, the way Ahsoka and Rex did. Um, and so then they'll remove the chips and then they'll be like, all right, now let's go get Crosshair and we can go remove his. Um, and they remove his and Crosshair's still a jerk. And he still kills them because good soldiers follow orders. Uh, <laughs> Something. Uh, so I actually had a, a, a question about the, the group that the Admiral brought. I don't remember his name. Yeah, Rampart. Sure. Um, so he he had a squad of five soldiers. Four. Four soldiers, and, and Crosshair was the fifth. Uh, mm -hmm. He had a squad of four soldiers, and was like, "All right, we will have the the great they're the clones, or maybe it was Tarkin that said the clones will train them, whatnot. They're they're all get sent on a mission. But before that happens, the admiral said like, these are the best soldiers from across the galaxy. So I assumed that like they had already been an employee of." the republic or yeah i mean in in the same way that you had the uh but they're they're later told to be like recent recruits oh really i'll have to go back and look well maybe it's recent recruits into the imperial it... army what i think it could have been is that uh in the same way of sagarera's group mm -hmm. i i feel like sagarera's group is kind of like if they didn't have the the like the good ideals that they had, that they're the kind of people that would have been picked for Ramparts for soldiers, because they they they're not clones, but they were trained actually by Anakin by Rex to to engage in some guerrilla warfare, a, against the Separatists on their home world. Um, and so it's like yeah, there there was a whole clone army, but like there's a lot of other people defending their homes okay uh from the separatists so i kind of figured maybe it was one of that and then they recruited them to into more of an official capacity maybe, maybe. the the feeling uh, i got later could have been more so, clear i guess yeah I, th I think it would have helped a little bit but the feeling i got later on was that they were just kind of like either mercenaries or or something just very very good soldiers at what they did but they weren't related to the empire or the republic in any way and then yeah. like, the empire like hey you guys are great you want to come work for us right because um, and we got the the one guy who said um the the empire puts like food and mm -hmm. yeah plate or whatever and i refer my head the republic never did that so yeah um, and so that that's why i'm kind of like well, maybe they were one of these shutout systems that maybe even right. left with the separatist lines, just like Onderon. Onderon was a separatist world. Okay. Um, and then uh, after Count Dooku murdered Lux Bonteri's mother, who was the senator of Onderon. So even though she was a separatist senator, 
Count Dooku, the separatist leader, killed her because she was pushing for peace. She she was like the Padme on the other side, uh, uh, pushing. Hey, let's try and negotiate. Maybe there's a we could just talk our way out of it. And of course, Count Dooku and Sidious have other plans. And uh, so they killed her. And then upon killing her, enraged quite a few of the civilians of Onderon. And you have Sagarera and Lux Bonteri fight back kind of thing. Um, I believe is where that all comes from. And so I kind of figured their worlds are kind of similar just without one of their senators being killed. That right. like they left to join the separatists because they were like, well, the Republic hasn't done anything for us in the way that they don't help Naboo in the Phantom Menace. Um, and then, so they join the Separatists, then the war is over, and then they're like, hey, well, th this isn't the Republic anymore, even though right. it's the exact same person. But uh, <laughs> it's a rebrand. Everyone is the same. Well, like, aside from the Jedi, but like everyone's the same. It's yeah. just a name change. Yeah. People are very naive about that. It's very yeah. interesting. I did like that Tarkin talked to R Rampart. Yeah, Rampart about uh, his idea of like the galactic identification system, whatever. We got a little bit more about that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know because I, I think you had said that this is the first time we've really heard an explanation about this. <coughs> right, I think so. I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe in a book, but like in yeah. visual media, books aren't real. Right, they're not canon. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, the the one thing though that kind of bothered me is, it, and maybe Tarkin was just doing this because like he's, I think he's still, I want to say he's Moff Tarkin. He's not Grand Moff Tarkin yet. Okay. Because um, I believe he doesn't become Grand Moff until the Death Star is completed. Like that's the promotion. Okay. Um, and he's the only one that's Grand Moff at that point. Like there, there's a handful of Moffs, and then Grand Moff is created just for him. Gotcha. Um, to be Sidious's second kind of thing, kind of tied with Darth Vader a little bit. Okay. Um, he's the civil Darth Vader. Well, Darth Vader right. Like the, he's the face, Darth the Vader's face. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, but yeah, and so it, I, I don't know. I kind of felt like, and but like I said, maybe he was just doing this to like kind of put Admiral Rampart through his paces, kind of thing. Um. He kind of switched his tones, no? That he was like, because in the first two episodes, the way he was interacting with um, Lamasu is the Kamino cloner, uh, prime minister. He uh, he was like, clones are obsolete. We could recruit people. We'll get more people. It'll be easier. Won't cost as much. Like it'll just be better in all regards. And then here comes Rampart saying, hey, let's do a test with humans, with, with non-clones. And he's like, are you sure? <laughs> he's like, they're going to have to really prove themselves. <laughs> and it's like, you kind of changed your tone. But at the same time, like, if you are just like putting Rampart through his paces, go for it. But he does say, though, that. Sorry. And he maybe he like that. he wants them to succeed. He's just like, we just need the excuse right. to. But he he does say though that he at least after the mission he, he I think he recommended that the clones train the the, the, the like the non clone troops. So there's like a it, I don't remember if it was trained, but at the end of the episode, I don't, I don't remember. or it, it was either it was either before the 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 new squad was sent out uh at to Sagarera's camp or after that. 
Yeah, I don't remember a training comment. I just know that they he was like, we'll put one of the best clones in charge of them, though. No, I'm pretty sure he said that, like, as... Which is Crosshair. I'm pretty sure he said that, like, as uh, non-clone recruits come in, they can be trained by the crew. Oh. He, he says, like, it's an, okay. like an antiquated system or whatever, but they'll still have their use for now. Yeah. Okay. That, that might have... Yeah, that makes more sense. Okay. I put in antiquated. I don't think that was in the show. But you don't think they said antiquated? <laughs> it's a good word. I just don't think they used it. Yeah. I mean, uh, if anyone was to use it, it'd be Tarkin for sure. True. Very true. You don't think Omega's going to use antiquated? Actually, I could probably antiquated. Say that. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of her, uh, going off of my my current running theory that she is the best of all of them, mm-hmm. uh, in this episode, she showcased her tracking skills. <laughs> does she though like like i i get what you're saying but let's look at what actually happened right. as opposed to maybe what was intended she doesn't right she, she goes doesn't. down a tunnel she visibly saw the creature go down which led to one destination which is where the creature was hey you gotta start somewhere <laughs> first shot you get it but no well actually about this because i don't actually remember when she because she i might have just blanked for 15 seconds but um she like puts hunter's mask back on right and i don't remember from the time she stands up and takes the blaster it's like okay i'm gonna go off now and find it myself to mm-hmm. when she gets into the cave i don't remember that so was she looking for tracks or was she just i don't believe like- she looks for tracks because she saw the creature go down the hole oh okay okay that's fine i, I don't remember that so <laughs> so like that's hey, why I'm like, is it really tracking? You have <laughs> to start somewhere. Because part of me kind of felt like when Hunter like lifted the dirt and he was like, yes, I know where I'm going. And then and she, she lifts the dirt. dirt. She's like, what the heck is he talking about? She's like, yes, this is dirt. <laughs> right. I am okay with the existence of dirt. <laughs> right. Uh, and so like, I don't know, but maybe they were intending it to be that. And you're absolutely right. Uh, <laughs> I, I will. I'll say this. Uh we're only three episodes in maybe four. If you count the first one is, I will say the moment she lifts a truck, (laughs) I'll agree with you. Uh, in three episodes, I still managed to come up with a bare minimum of, of keeping this theory alive. Um, so we'll see. I but mean, I, it does kind of feel though, that also you're, you're kind of running joke that she's there to replace crosshair. <laughs> she finds crosshair's weapon i was like pick it up dude dude, so so when that happened when she found crosshair's like weapon locker the only thing i was thinking of that scene was you saying she's there to replace crosshair and i was like "Ooh, what are they gonna do they're just like this is your weapon now this this is yours now we said it's her height Well, it's like so. Then we get the 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 montage from Captain America: First Avenger, where it's Bucky with the sniper. So she's just got a sniper mm-hmm. like on like on the ground. Right. Takes and then the Hunter goes, "Thanks." Right. right. <laughs> um, you know, as Omega's killing Nazis. <laughs> yep, that canon. There it is. Um, Probably somewhere, somewhere in. I mean, um, the Empire, basically. So. Yeah. First order, <laughs> at least. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Also, something that I find highly unlikely is the fact that she made it out of that creature's lair alive and so, so that was something i was gonna bring up is that one of our good friends um throughout the theory i don't know if he wants it to happen or believes it will happen but throughout the theory that like what if she's somehow force sensitive 
even though she's a clone, uh, but what if she's somehow force sensitive? One of the, the big ways we've seen, um, especially in Rebels, Rebels, this is like every force sensitive character we have has an interaction with a, an animal. Okay. Um, Ezra's entire existence is based on uh, a very specific animal power uh, because like every Jedi has like kind of a specific power to, to something that they focus on. Like everyone can kind of do it, but they do it slightly better or whatever. Um, and was Obi-Wan's the high ground? Yep. Okay. No, it was his, his sarcasm. Is <laughs> 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 a uh, vicious mockery. Yeah. He did do it better than anyone else. <laughs> um, but he, uh, and, and I'm pretty sure Ezra's was something that was very animal related. And so he had like visions of all kinds of animals and was able to connect with like animals that most that like his, his Jedi master was like, nope, you can't communicate with them. You need to defend yourself. Like, <laughs> um, and, and so it's really interesting. And so I was kind of wondering, I was like the way she figured that out now, granted she had the flashlight also. So maybe it was just a, an observation thing that to show she's intelligent. I was gonna say that that would show um, she's intelligent. Most most little kids that are faced with a predator. I don't know how often it happens in our world, yeah. but I imagine most kids faced with a predator are not thinking, yeah, very uh, well at the, at the moment. Being able to act with a, like a calm. But I was kind of confused because at first it seemed like the creature was afraid of the light, but then she it, turns it back on, and then it's like following like, the light. Right? Yeah, that didn't make sense either. Um, I was like, is it afraid or isn't it? <laughs> I, I think at that moment, I think it was afraid at first, and then afterwards, it realized that whatever is giving off light is a source of energy, and it feeds on energy. Right. Because then she throws you. She, she realizes she can throw the flash. Oh, may, maybe you're absolutely right. Because the fact that it turns off means that it has to have energy, right? Like it's not just right. the sun uh, <laughs> like coming at you. Uh, <laughs> either way, though. So at the start of this encounter, when she first gets in there, she's like, "Oh, there it is!" And like we hear the the sound, mm -hmm. and she turns, and it's there. As soon as that thing wakes up, it would instantly eat her. Not necessarily, or at least attack her. But it's afraid of light, so. It doesn't matter. What a terrible it, creature, though. It feeds on energy, isn't it afraid of light? Like <laughs> There is an unknown being yeah. in its home lair. It's a cornered animal, yeah. You're right. It doesn't matter how aggressive that creature seems. It's going to defend its its. its but if she had the force, she could connect with the creature, right, and right. in the same way that Ray does in Rise of Skywalker with the snake, which is also a cornered creature. Um, Maybe. Uh, yeah, I didn't think about the the force sensitive idea. I I remember hearing. I still hope that. it's not true personally, but uh, I'm just throwing it out there. But hey, a Force-sensitive clone, that'd be an interesting... It'd be interesting, yeah. It'd, it'd be um, unique, that's for sure. And I mean, that that would kind of... Here we go. But uh, to lend credence to what all the things that you're saying, I mean, where, what, what are you talking about? You're talking about sharpshooting accuracy. You're talking about tracking. You're talking about increased strength. You're talking about High increased intelligence. intelligence. Well, a lot of Jedi fit all of those characteristics because uh, they use the force to enhance their right, right. awareness of things. She focus. has all that and more. Turns out she was also put together with DNA of uh, Jedi. Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> because she also is a Skywalker. <laughs> the Skywalker saga continues. That would be... Whoa. Here's an idea. A dangerous one. All right, what if... Now? 
Yeah, tinfoil hat. So because of all the stuff that has happened in the sequels, what if she has part of Palpatine's DNA? That explains why she's whiter, because Palpatine's very pale. <laughs> um, so she has... She's Australian. Explains why she's Australian, naturally, because we all know Palpatine's from down under. Exactly. And then she would have the force and she has all these other abilities that just come very natural to her as Sidious is a very powerful guy. I will uh, say, uh, going down this right, going down this line of train of thought for, for a bit. Um, if we're going under the assumption that she does have a little bit of the abilities of each of the, the, the members, uh, they're not, she doesn't have them all at once. Like not all at once, but she doesn't, I mean, she's still young. Did. She's still Padawan age. Well, that, that's my point. You know? like she did. She didn't know. She never picked up a blaster. Didn't know she was good at right. it. And so she found out that she's not the worst at it. She she's pretty intelligent. She may have known that already. But if she's just learning about these powers that she may may or may not have, she might not know that she's force sensitive. Also, she's a clone, right? Why does she yes. have a? In the first few episodes, she has that like uh, I don't know what you call it. Pendant, a pendant. pendant locket. Yeah. The, the thing on her head, the, the pendant, stone. the stone. Why does she have that? Yeah, if I she's just that was... a clone, why why would the Kaminoans give that to her? Right? But yeah, there you go. Um, me forgetting. I had an original thought. No. How dare you? <laughs> uh, no, but it's a good question, though. And I have no idea. But I, I think I actually... what's interesting, though, is it makes her look, though, very regal. It makes her look like uh, a. a uh, a politician, not a politician, but like someone of royalty, you know, which if she is Sidious's daughter, she's the chancellor's daughter. Now by clone, you know, kind of thing. She's just the chancellor. Uh <laughs> this is his first effort. To, and to that's what I'm saying. It, body. And we know that he does that because of the whole Snoke stuff, whatever. But, um, and so what if this was the first one? I mean, if you're going to attempt cloning a crazy Force-sensitive body, the Kaminoans are probably the ones to have, have work on it. Right. <laughs> I don't like this rabbit hole that we're going down. but I don't either, because I there, hate there's... that the sequels went down this rabbit hole. But but, but there's a bit of evidence. It's a con continuation of the story that has come before it. Yeah. It's something that I wasn't expecting. Or I, was, I was expecting to get a little bit more... Uh, when the Kaminoans were talking about the the degradation of uh, uh, Jango Fett's DNA, mm -hmm. they were like walking down a hallway which looked like it had cells or either rooms on either side. Yeah. And they stopped in one of them and they talked about like we're, we're like we're losing his DNA is degrading. We should find another source. And I I thought they were gonna turn pan the camera to focus in on a cell, like on something inside of it. And yeah. It was but kind it of interesting. Very much like they were going to pan and be like, here's what they we're getting the DNA from. And it, yeah. it didn't happen. Maybe yeah, I don't me, know. But I, I definitely got the feeling that we were going to see something there. Um, yeah, it's true. There, There's a nice tease. Uh, it's kind of cool. I, I really like the, the the stuff that, I mean, I don't like it, but I think it's very interesting. Um, the, the, the Tarkin stuff, anytime Tarkin's on screen, it's very interesting, I think, so far this show. Um, he feels very much like the Tarkin we all know and hate, uh, <laughs> and and it's great. And then, um, 
but then I also just like the Kaminoan stuff in general of this idea that like they realize they're being like not just the clones are being put out of commission, but the Kaminoans themselves are kind of being put out of commission. And so they're like, we need to find or make ourselves invaluable to the empire kind of thing. Um, but what that means, I guess we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> Uh, now I do think though, I, I really liked that though, because it, it was a continuation. So way back in like season four or season five, they had brought it up. I believe that they were like, you know, Django Fett's DNA is degrading. And so there's like, sometimes there's more, more bad batch you got to throw out kind of thing. Um, and so they they did like tease all this stuff, and then the Bad Batch's existence is because of experimentation to match up the other half of Django Fett's DNA kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's very weird. Um, I still think like I wonder if you would have just made the whole episode about like if you would have added more complexity and made the whole episode about the Bad Batch if it would have been better. Um, but this was just so simple and then so focused on only half the group. And then it was also almost the, the, the main characters were the B plot of the episode. And so it just really didn't work. I think that what they were going for with the bad batch specifically was more, was furthering hunter's relationship with omega right and and showing that she is actually part of this group now so they're like trying yeah. to put more stuff but that could have been done with much less time and and i do think that the majority oh no of the i i think it should have been done with more time i th i think they didn't spend any time yeah i i think it was so i i thought it was rushed i mean what happens they go walk out they pick right. up some dirt and hunter gets knocked out and she retrieves a capacitor that's the whole thing. I mean, I'm <laughs> sure, sure. If we wanted to do that, there could be more. I was saying more that they could do it with the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That they, they, there could just be the idea that she doesn't think she's a part of the group. They can say, well, here you, you are a part of the group. We'll give you some. Yeah. But she feel, she feels like she's not part of the group. And then they also are going and like, they could have that conversation, but they're still going to plan on sidelining her because she's a kid. Sure. That's true. So, so maybe, maybe the conversation yeah. wouldn't mean anything. You have to right. have an action. Like you could have that conversation and then she's like, oh, okay, I'm part of the group. And then she's like, I'll come with you. And they're like, no, like, you no. won't. And then she's like, aren't I part of the group? And they're and like, not this time. And then they go without her, but she sneaks away and goes anyways and saves one of their lives or something. And, right. But it's a lot more complicated of an encounter than this little so one-off right. thing. Um, of this beast that just runs away. Like, it's not a complicated encounter. <laughs> but, yeah, I, but going back to Camino, um, Crosshair leads his set of stormtroopers, the first stormtroopers, maybe. Um, and they actually did something in this episode that I really liked that I talked about last week about this is what would happen it would be more realistic. And so we see um, the one guy, the only guy that talks in the group of four. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure a handful of them have like one line. 
they each have like one line but um but the one who talks a lot um he ends up being the one to go no this is wrong and all that stuff and crosshair is like you know we've got orders so you're out of here um and but what i think is it's obviously not morally good but i think it's good to show this because this is exactly how people act which is oh you just saw him kill i don't know if he was your friend or your partner or whatever like one of your squad mates and now he's saying okay now kill these people yeah they're probably gonna do it it's unfortunate but that's how people act and we've seen that throughout history that like and, and so that that's what i'm saying like this idea that like <laughs> going like to rise of skywalker um what's her name Z zara zari zara um that zara. the potential lando's daughter oh. the one where she was like yeah our entire star destroyer decided to put down our weapons and not fight not fight and we escaped like it was like that, that is a ton of so people weird. to just betray everything you've been fighting for that line was really weird i remember there being issues with that when the movie came out like if it was a small squad within the star destroyer no problem but uh, realized that's not a good idea yeah like that is crazy <laughs> that is crazy to me that no one was like no these are orders these are orders <laughs> and, and that's exactly what we see here is he goes one of the guys goes no i don't want to do this he gets put down unfortunately um he fought the good fight and unfortunately doesn't make it past this episode. And then the other three are like, yep, these are orders. <laughs> and so, and then they kill a bunch of innocent people. Right. Right. I wonder if there was a, after uh, clearing out the soldiers, if there was a probe drone sent after them to monitor their, their it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, I think it would have been interesting if we would have gotten to see that even if they didn't acknowledge it, but we just like pan over and there's a probe droid watching to show like how much Tarkin trusts anyone right. kind of thing. Right. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, that, that was something that that's like, people sometimes just do evil things. Like it's just, just cause they were and ordered think, to like, and not to talk about the human condition. It's uh, horrible. But, but, uh, I think it's easier for people to do horrible things when they believe they're following orders of others. And actually, mm -hmm. actually, I can talk about this. The the whole um, Stanley Milgram experiment, like the I don't know who that is. It's a uh, it was an experiment. It was like a psychology experiment. It's very very famous. Um, where a bunch of um, like they brought in just random people, uh, and we're told, okay, we're gonna have you. Um, test this individual and so basically they believed that there was a person in the other room that they couldn't see uh that had to answer questions and when they got them wrong they had to like they would shock them and so they would turn up the dial shocking them yeah. increasing amounts and so there was not a person there it was a guy with a, a microphone screaming and out in pain um but basically the experiment was to see if people followed orders when there was an authority figure telling you no keep going and the what they found was that the majority of people did keep going after like there were like there was a bar on the thing that was like like lethal limit whatever and there was bars past it mm -hmm. and a lot of people were like like he seems uncomfortable like whatever freaking out but the guy's like no keep going and they did keep going they, yeah it's look it up and look it up some point it's a really interesting sounds brutal interesting study yeah 
Um, but yeah, and I mean, it all goes to like, we're just following orders. And it's like, no, that doesn't make it okay. But it's like, but that is what people do. Right. Like, yes, it doesn't make it okay. But they're, they still choose to do the wrong thing. Because it's easier to do bad things when you believe you're following orders from someone. Yeah. You trust someone else's authority. Yeah. And it's like, this is what you signed up for. Like, <laughs> I'm really glad we didn't get the line. This is not what I signed up for. He, he said it without saying it. Um, and then he died. So, uh, <laughs> so he got, he got sure. But I, I think oh. that is one of my least favorite lines in all of film and TV. Yeah. Cause it's exactly what they signed up for. Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> the, these were insurgents, even the civilians are insurgents to the, you know, like, uh, to the empire. Do yeah. Think, it's interesting. Do you think Crosshair will make it out of the show alive? Part of me thinks none of them will. <laughs> I feel like that should be the best outcome. Yeah, I think I'm still kind of leaning towards that, that they're going to... Maybe they're going to, like... Again, I, I'm still hoping that Crosshair kills one of them, and then yes. they still get Crosshair back, and they have, to deal, they have to deal with that remorse. Uh, and whatnot and then but then in like the last four that happens in like the middle of the show and then they find out that hey like em emperor palpatine just ordered like everyone to come kill you and sure enough they eventually don't make it they put up a good fight it's like yeah yeah i mean that's why you have four episodes of putting up a good fight <laughs> um and maybe one of them survives, but well, it's gonna be Omega. I don't know though gonna... if she's. I, I don't think she'll die. If she's force sensitive, it would. I'll say this: it would be crazy for the show to kill off a kid. But um, <laughs> although Anakin Skywalker, <laughs> bring Darth Vader but, in; he'll kill kids. But so. <laughs> It's true, but if you bring Darth Vader in, he just goes, I'm sorry, little one. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. That's true. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Matt Lanter, who voiced Anakin, is in the cast list. So Ooh. we potentially will see some sort of Darth Vader things. We still have to wait for Fennec Shan to show up at some point. I'm hoping other bounty hunters show up. I'm really got my fingers crossed for Embo and whatever the heck his name is. Um, oh, making things up. I lost his name. The blue dude. The cowboy. I forget oh, what his name is. Wait, you're not talking about um, like the, 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 the ranger, the western like hat? Mm -hmm. Cad Bane? Cad Bane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm hoping Cad Bane shows up. Because just love to see those characters again. I mean, I'm really hoping they show up in the Mandalorian live action, like that'd be cool. Um, if they are still alive in Star Wars continuity, but <laughs> hey, we already got live action Ahsoka, so I'm down for any. I know, but Cad Bane's super cool. Embo's my my favorite bounty hunter. He's got the 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 frisbee hat. Oh yes, okay. Now yeah. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, and the wolf. Um, yep. Yeah, he's just a cool dude. Uh, trying to think if 
I have any other thoughts of the episode. I'm trying to remember it. Um, do you have any other thoughts? Uh, I don't think so. This was a bit of a shorter episode. Not I mean, this is kind of what we're expecting right now. Right, like 20, 20 minutes, 23 minutes. So yeah. So. But uh, I, I don't know. I think that... <laughs> I think that uh, I was still able to find enough evidence within this episode to f- continue my theory that sure. she's got all, she's a little bit of all of them. Um, the force sensitive idea is interesting because before I didn't put too much stock in it. And I don't know if I do now still, but as with my theory, you could put a little bit of evidence towards it. Um, so maybe we'll see. Uh, yeah, I'm very curious. I mean, I think though, like, if there is like that Palpatine connection, it, it would answer that, like, why does this show matter? Yeah. Kind of question. <laughs> Connected to like the further the further narrative, because otherwise, it is literally just a, a group. A, yeah, a group about a few people that are like. I guess you could say like, why does the man? Well, th- I mean, Grogu is why the Mandalorian matters, I guess. But now Grogu's well, not in it, and so now you have to care about the future of Mandalore in order to think that the Mandalorian matters, <laughs> which I do care about because I think Mandalore's lore. Mandalore is the only planet we know the lore of, basically. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's cool. Uh, is um I can't remember her name. Uh Obi Wan's love interest. Is she still alive? Bo Katan or Satine? Satine. Just keep watching Clone Wars. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I not far enough. Um, I uh, think you get an answer in season it might be season five. It could be season four, but uh, all right. I think it's one of the story arcs that I think season five is the best season of Clone Wars. You've definitely talked a lot about how good like the Mandalorian story arcs are within uh, Clone Wars, and mm-hmm. when you talked up um, like his first interactions with Satine in the show, and I was like, okay, and I got, it. I was like, oh man, this this is great. It's yeah. so good. It feels so established. It's not like hand holding me through their relationship. Like right. I still don't entirely know what happened, but I know enough. You know enough, and you feel like, the, even though this is the first time that we hear of the character, at least in the show, um, I feel like, wow, I mean, there, there is history here. You didn't just write this five minutes ago kind of thing, like like previous episode. And there's, like, the whole th- interactions with Anakin, because, like, Anakin's married to Padme, and he's like, do you have a thing for Satine or something? <laughs> uh, he's just, like, watching everyone and being like, Hmm? and that's the sad thing is like that the, those are some of the kind of things that like really oh, do yeah. make obi-wan like such a brother to anakin <laughs> is that like their stories are exactly the same just with like yeah, a handful of differences like yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if you eventually learned that like obi-wan had some tragic thing happen like he actually knows what happened to his parents or something like it wouldn't surprise me, but it's not necessary, but that one line, uh, I would like, I would have left the order for you. Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying. And, and that's kind of the difference is that like Anakin tries to have the best of both worlds and Obi-Wan was willing to commit to. Right. And as you learned from Hannah Montana, you can't have the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. That is the lesson uh, that Fennec Shand will probably learn in this show. <laughs> I am really excited to see how she's going to pop up. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I I didn't know where this 
this episode, this last episode is going to go. I don't know where it's going to go further. This did kind of feel. I know more like, about where the Kaminoans go from here yes. than I do about the Bad Batch. Yes. Um, <laughs> and the Empire's yeah. moves. That those seem very obvious, but <laughs> this episode, for the at least centering around the Bad Batch, felt very much like the Mandalorian episode with the Frog Lady. That's what I was thinking, and that's why I was like, maybe it could have worked better if we spent the entire episode on it and we really delve into it and tell a really complex story. Right. But because like the Frog Lady episode has like a ton of emotion in it, you know. Right. And it's like this. Grogu eats like caviar. (laughs) I know, and then like she's hugging the thing, and Grogu always looks at the Mandalorian whenever it's up. Because you, there's that child to parent relationship, and uh, it's just like it's a really meaningful episode, even though not a ton happens, but it's very meaningful. Right. And it's I feel like they could have done something in this episode because, like you say, it feels similar, but instead it's the B plot, and so they don't spend enough time doing anything with it, and so things just sort of happen. Like, it is what it is. Um, also, how does that capacitor still work? Just saying, but it had all of its power drained from it. I guess the creature doesn't chew. <laughs> he just hooks up to the positive and negative node, takes the energy out, and then leaves. <laughs> it's like it's like a, a nightbolt battery you put on your tongue. He just right. he just has like a big tongue that you can wrap around. He just Maybe. attaches to both nodes, takes the energy, and leaves. No chewing. Although it did look like maybe not necessarily like biting down, but when he put when he when the creature had the capacitor in the mouth, it, there was I like a little like so. tossing and grabbing, mm-hmm. which you would think would be pressure, which could break the device. But right. and then, especially especially although the I mean tech could fix it because he can do anything, so it doesn't matter anyways. <laughs> I. I <laughs> Now in my head, I'm thinking, uh, if the capacitor broke, they just strap uh, Echo to the outside of the ship. And his fingers, <laughs> his fingers. The, the... <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> um. I I just want a little scene, and it and it, the capacitor gets broken. They make it back to the ship, and they're like, "Well, what are we gonna do now?" And the next scene is the ship flying off, and as it goes, at, it goes like, underneath it it. Well, it. it comes into view, and as it comes into view, you just see Echo strapped to the side of the <laughs> ship. <laughs> hooked in that would be funny uh yeah i i don't know what more we could say about this episode um i'm sure these reviews will probably be somewhat shorter than like falcon and the winter soldier because those were like almost hour long episodes yeah. one last thing but kind of as it shows a whole where, yeah, where sure. would you rate this episode with the others I don't even remember them. <laughs> this is clearly um, the episode. I think. Oh, it's tough. It's tough because I really liked the Tarkin Kaminoan stuff, but I really like. I understand what they were trying to do with the Bad Batch stuff, and I was there for it. I just really didn't like how it was done, and so I might say the first episode, the first seventy minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um there was just a lot more there that I think established stuff. I, I, now that we've talked about it, looking back at episode two, I think you're right. The Camino stuff is far, far better, in my opinion, or at least I enjoying that much more. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think if I had to rate these episodes, if it like 
favorite to least favorite, it would probably would be one, two, and three. Oh, yeah. No, I I'm thinking one, three, and two. Interesting. Um, there are things I like about two still, but um, and it's wonderful to see Tud again. Uh, you talked so much about Emperor Palpatine's speech and how great it was to see that. That was in you're like, episode one. Was it episode one? I yeah. Episode no. no. I don't know what's happening anymore. There was a lot of problems in episode one also, but there's been a, that's the thing is like, there's a lot of problems I have with every episode and a lot of, a handful of things I like in each episode. So I'll the go off the things survived, I like. The fact first. that they survived the first episode is a problem. Right. That's my least favorite part. <laughs> every time the ship leaves Camino with them on right. it. Right. Um, and I think the idea of the crosshair thing, which was introduced in episode one, is an interesting move. Um, and now the stormtrooper stuff. Here comes the stormtroopers. It'll be interesting. I, I'm curious. Um, I'm thinking we got to be having another Palpatine speech in like episode five or something. Get some more orders. Maybe he'll be talking to Tarkin or something. Um but yeah, I'm very curious what happens because it's like, do you think they introduced Rampart just to have a killable villain? Because like you can't kill off Tarkin, right? Because he's alive twenty years later. Right. They there did uh, when Tarkin like at towards the end of the episode when he was like, "Good job, Admiral," and it seemed to like focus on the term Admiral, and I was like, mm, Tarkin's gonna have this man killed. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think Tarkin will have this thing killed. I think that's just I the way Tarkin how... talks with right. a lot of veiled to... threats on everyone. <laughs> he he's been speaking in veiled threats for so long he doesn't know when to take it off. <laughs> um, yeah, I, we, I we know, just... get to the. I think it's the season four premiering story arc. I could be wrong. Um, no, I think I am wrong. But I think I don't know why. Because I, I think Darth Maul is the season four premiere. But um, but there's, what is it? The Citadel. The Citadel story arc where Tarkin is being held hostage by the Separatists um, along with one of the Jedi. I forget. P Pyle? No. I don't remember his name. Um, the Albino Yoda. Okay. Um, yeah, because that's like his Jedi commander. Um, but he has a lot of interactions with just Anakin Skywalker and it's a really good story. Um, and you get to see like how hardcore Tarkin has always been. <laughs> um, and how much he doesn't like the clones still <laughs> from the very beginning. At least he's consistent for sure. For sure. Uh, until this episode where he kind of defends them, but like, Again, it, it might just be that he's like, he's like, hey, they do have to prove themselves so that we can like, because maybe he is like, he's like, we got to show the Senate. Remember, the Senate still exists for the next 19 years. So he's like, right. we we need, we can't have the emperor do this because we don't want people to think it's such a, <laughs> even though what emperor means, we don't want people to think it's a totalitarian state. <laughs> state so um we still want the the senate to support the choice of stormtroopers over clone troopers so we need proof that they're successful uh that could be um and he's like we got to give them something tough because if we just give them easy it's not gonna be enough 
but yeah, I don't know. Show is still kind of a coin flip. Um, it'd be interesting to see where it goes. It's got some good parts. It's got some not so great parts. Um, it's, like a little, it's like a batch that's a, bad. a little bad. Yeah. <laughs> that's just bad. It's just bad. There's no. So we're probably going to conclude the show here. Um, Cause like I said, it's only a 20 minute show basically. So not a ton to talk about. Um, until we get more things going forward and stuff that helps us even theorize where the show could be going. <laughs> um, yeah, this, this episode did not help out with that. Yep, we're still unsure. So we'll just have to wait and see. Bad Batch Episode 4 we'll be discussing next week. Same time, same channel. Saturday, noon Eastern time. Twitch.tv slash unanimous indecision. Join us Wednesday, where or maybe Wednesday. I, like I said, I don't know. Um, <laughs> where we will be doing uh, Rumble and The Woman in the Window. Uh, and also just catching up on some good movie news stuff. Uh, that might be like now my favorite part of these. The, the movie just news? Learn, yeah, just learn what's going on. Within, yeah, keeping up, find out what movies are coming, who's being casted in what, cast in what. Yep. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's any other announcements. I can't think of any. So we're going to go ahead and end the show here. Ian Rismondo. Your theories seem to be falling in line. <laughs> Stick with it. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I'm gonna we'll see what happens. happens. Yeah. And I'm Joshua Troop. This is unanimous indecision. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>